Welcome back to the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're listening to Miller Thomas. Please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Today's show, it's me and Javi Peno once again talking D-backs, talking Padres, and just talking baseball in general. But first, if you're a company interested in men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks are listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now, here's that continued conversation between Javi, Peno, and I. In general, though, I want to ask you, this, this is a very important question, right? Um, what, what who, is Archie Bradley like, I don't get this guy, right? He's, I think he's, he's like this former starting pitcher. Now he's a closer. Are we sure he's ready to be like a legit closer? Is he going to be that? Like, are the numbers legit? Do you think the hype on him, not hype on him, I should say, but you think the, the like recent turnaround of him is legit or are you worried about his prospects in the bullpen? I'm worried about Archie Bradley. I'm not last year. If you look at his splits from the first half to second half, he was really mm-hmm. poor in the first half. He really struggled with guys on base, really struggled uh, striking out guys. He just gave up a lot of runs with runners in scoring position. But he was only – he was like the seventh or – he was like the setup man uh, in the first half. And then he actually got moved to the closer where Greg Holland struggling mm-hmm. last year. Tori Lavello moved him to the closer. And Archie Bradley actually took off as the closer. He actually went on like a little scoreless streak, I think. He actually picked it up a lot in that second half. And so he, he's been tabbed the closer for 2020. And it makes me a little worried. Uh, I look at his 2017 season where he had a 173 ERA. Right now, that looks more like the outlier. His first couple of years in baseball, his ERA was above mm-hmm. five. The last two years, it was in the mid three. So that <laughs> yeah, 173. So weird. Yeah, so it really <laughs> looks like that 173 is like the outlier. Hey, Archie Bradley is kind of like the, the closer or the bullpen version of Robbie Ray. Both of them peaked in 2017. Mm-hmm. Both of them have kind of been moving backwards since then. But what, what they're good at, which is their strikeouts, they're still dominant in that area. Just in terms of walking people and giving up earned runs, they've been a little bit more poor in those areas. But Archie Bradley, I do think as the closer for this year, I, think, I do think he'll be solid. I do think he'll probably be right around where he's been the last two years with near Ray, probably in the low threes. But he is going to be a possible free agent after the end of this season. So maybe – you know, he, he takes it up another level with that contract on the horizon. But honestly, the guy I think you have to be looking out for as the possible closer for the D-backs is Kevin Ginkle. He's the guy I've been yeah. talking about. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a young guy. He throws in the him, yeah. 90s. Yeah, he, he's pretty I, – I think he's going to be the guy that could maybe not be the closer this year, but I definitely think he could be the closer of the future for the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, and now that's interesting. So, in terms of the future, another question I have for you is, one, was Robbie Ray potentially like a trade person for this season or was he not just because because I'm pretty sure he's a free agent after this year? And two, do you think that it's basically given everything that's going on, like if he started off not so great or vice versa or whatever and say he's great, but then the Diamondbacks aren't, right? Let's say that worst case scenario, they're 5-20, and 20, but then Robbie Ray's like the Cy Young candidate, right? Do you think that given everything that's happened that – it might be unfeasible for a player to be traded like in MLB's current like landscape right now. 
No, I could definitely – I mean, I think it's a little bit tougher because of the 60-game seasons, but mm-hmm. let's just take that out of it. I do think no matter what the D-backs did, Robbie, Robbie Ray was going to be uh, probably their best trade candidate. Whether the mm-hmm. D-backs started off hot or started off cold, whether Robbie Ray started off hot or started off cold, I think he was going to be a big trade candidate. If he started off the gates hot, then he could be a trade candidate, maybe add some more depth in you know, the infield, maybe you go get another outfielder, maybe add to the bullpen. You, you could trade him to a team like the Yankees who might need some starting pitching depth. Or if mm-hmm. he you know, struggles, then you say, you know what, Robbie Ray, he just had that 2017 year. That seemed like the outlier. I'm tired of giving him chances. Let's just move on. So either mm-hmm. way, whether he pitches good or pitches well, I do think he'll be the number one trade candidate for the D-backs this season. But you never know. I think he's more likely to stay if he pitches well than pitches poorly, of course. And as a guy who could be a free agent as early as 2021, it's in his best interest to pitch well. He, he's coming into the season from the videos and the clips I've seen during spring training so far. It looks like he's got a little bit of a new delivery. He's got a little bit of a new cut. Seems just like a – I mean haircut when I say that. It just seems like he has a different <laughs> – or around him, just like a Chris Paddock. And maybe he's embracing that lion mentality too. So hopefully he comes <laughs> out here, he starts firing, he could get back to that 2017 form. Because right now, he's slated to be the number two starter. And I think that's a big uh, question mark in the D-backs rotation, that number two spot. It would be great. It, it, see, that's that, the thing in general is free agents in all of baseball right now. Like, guys, especially guys, so for example, uh, guys that I don't think it really matters what they do this year as long as they're not like they you know god forbid they suffer like a bad injury in terms of like like say Mookie Betts right Mm -hmm. regardless of what happens only idiots are going to decide that if he has a eh, season this year that not to give him like a big contract right that's only fools would do that it's like when when Pablo Sandoval did great in the World Series I love using this example all the time and that for some reason justified giving him a major contract it's like no actually don't do that ever um but you know, there are some guys, the fringe guys, like Robbie Ray, I think, where if Robbie Ray did great, what if the D-backs, like, I don't think they should do this. That's what's so interesting. Like, what do you do if a guy has such a great season, but it's only 60 games? You know what I'm saying? So what? how do you measure kind of their their free agent value in stock? And I don't know. I just feel like you're, we're all set up for, like, a really interesting, like, winter meetings, assuming we complete the full 60 games of where it's like, Hey, Robbie Ray had a great season, but then they're like, oh, it was only 60. You know what I mean? So that's only like, I don't know, what is that, like seven, eight starts around that range? If you also, assuming they get the playoff starts too, right? Like, I'm wondering, you know, from that perspective and also just in general, where the, will there be any trades in baseball this year in general? I'm just talking about like the, the morality of it. Like, are guys going to want to start traveling to different places and picking up their bags and leaving town? Like, I'm just wondering about that perspective of it. Oh, yeah, that's definitely a great uh, question to ask. I mean, the players are not going to want to leave, especially during this you know, mm-hmm. uncertainty. They're not going to just want to have to go across country. But, no, not everyone views the pandemic the same way. People have different perspectives. And it's still mm-hmm. a business at the end of the day. So if GM can see a move out there that's going to make his team better, even in a pandemic, he's going to shit that player out of there to get a player, mm-hmm. a better player in, I think. But just from the D-backs' perspective, even if Robbie Ray goes out there and wins a Cy Young this year, I don't think that's going to make them more inclined to hand him a, a fat contract. The D-backs mm-hmm. right now have been a team where, you know, I look at it, it seems like Zach Greinke is the only guy in the last couple of decades that have been given a big contract. Not even Goldschmidt, you know, they, they traded him. Most, uh, mm-hmm. most of these guys, Madison Bumgarner is the highest paid player on the team, and he's only on a five-year, $85 million deal. So most of these D-backs players don't get 
big contracts. Nick Ahmed mm-hmm. got a contract extension. It was only for like a few million a year. So most of these D-backs players don't get big-time contracts. I just think that's their philosophy. They don't like to commit long-term money. But Robbie Ray goes out there and wins a Cy Young. I do think another team might give him a chance, even though it was only 60 games. I don't even know how they're going to do the awards, if they're even still going to hold them. Are we still going to have Cy Youngs? Are we still going to have MVP awards? I'm not entirely sure, but... We'll be right back with more of that conversation, but let me tell you about how you should start your morning. Because you should start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axios Today host Niola Bundu and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends shaping our world. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like arnic and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier, try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBD MD has to offer. They're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code LOCKEDONMLB for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back and let's continue that conversation between Javi Peña of the Locked On Padres and I. Do you think just I, – I heard you brought up Mookie earlier. Do you yeah. think uh, this 60 games, let's say, you know, because it's 60 games, the Dodgers just never get off to that hot start. Can you see Mookie Betts leaving the Dodgers after 60 games? I think the thing with Mookie, though, is I, I'm wondering – I just feel like the Dodgers are just giving him the deal. But – I mean, they've got a lot of guys on that team that are probably going to want deals too. I mean, not that they can't do it. They are the Dodgers. They definitely have the pockets for it. No, I don't know. I don't know. I think um, I, because it's weird because he is a free agent, and obviously the ever I think of a low key kind of subplot of the whole season has been like, oh man, like all of a sudden the Dodgers are kind of they got screwed because they're not getting a full season of bookie bets from this, this trade. Granted, I don't think they gave up too much for him, but yeah. still it's, it's definitely like one of those things where it's, it's just unfortunate for them. And this is a team that's been just kind of, Oh boy, the Dodger fans are, I don't even know. I, I almost feel bad just because in the world series, like eight times and they've had the Kershaw collapses and all that. Right. So I think hmm, with bets, I think it would be fascinating because I think that, the only way he could have gotten traded is if they started off like had like all time or bad. But if they start off, like I said, like 10 and 20, that might be like a decider in a 60 game season in a regular season. It's like, no, they're not trading him. They're still, they're running with it. Right. They're still running with, it. they have to, right. It's just, you can't give up on this guy, but if they start off like, Oh, and 20, that's just, I mean, that's just crazy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But like what, I think the question is better. Like what would it take? 
for them to give up on him. You know what I mean? Like, what is the point where they say, all right, there's an offer out there. Let's just give him up. This season is too ridiculous anyway. Let's just, you know, throw it up and be like, whatever. We have so many prospects anyway. We have so much uh, potential for the future. No matter what they do this year, they're still probably going to have the best roster in baseball. So I think it's, it's what would it take? I don't know, man. I mean, now my foot's falling asleep. So now I'm just, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> ah, damn it. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know, man. I just think yeah, maybe, hmm, maybe. But how about the other way? What do you think it would take for Mookie not to resign? Let's just say hypothetically yeah, I mean, because of the COVID, because of the pandemic, Dodgers just butcher this. You know, the players lose trust in them keeping them safe. You know, there's an yeah. outbreak. The, the, the team's not taking it seriously. Yeah, yeah. You know, testing's been poor. Do you think the Mookie best could see something like that and be like, why would I put my future into the Dodgers? They can't keep me safe during a pandemic. Why should I put the next 10 years of my career into them? I still just think that they have the cash to spend. I think that... I can't really think of any other team. I mean, well, the other team is Boston. <laughs> That's the other team that could probably pay him if they wanted to, um, which would be fascinating, by the way, to see if they if they paid him after all like this. Like the Chapman situation. Yeah, exactly. Like, they, they, they give him up, and I don't hmm. I mean, the other team, I mean, the Yankees, I guess, but I feel like their outfield is, is a little set in a, in, a, in a bunch of different ways. But I don't know, man. I don't know. There's, these are all questions I don't have answers to when it comes to the Dodgers. I feel like we might have to ask our buddy, a Snydog, Jeff Snyder, about yeah. you know kind of the the issue with the Dodgers heading into the season. But in general, I think that I mean Betts is a freaking stud, man. I mean it can't be under, understated. Like he's better than every player on probably both of our respective teams. I mean it would take a Cattell Marte at his best and Fernando Tatis at his best to even come close to the value that. Um, bets brings and even that might not be enough right I mean he's just that good this is a guy who hits like 260 and it's still an amazing season you know what I mean that's how good he is because of the defense too so I don't really know what it would take it was still such a puzzling move for the Red Sox and yes. now I feel like I'm just uh doing that thing I used to do in college where I just uh overextend what I what I've been talking about for sake of just using up time um but that's that's really my thoughts on that I think it would be great though if um bets if it's even a possibility that he gets traded, I think it would be an interesting kind of wrinkle in baseball and an interesting storyline. Trades in general, any trades. I mean, like we said with, with Robbie Ray, like with the Padres, I, I, don't, I can't think of any guys that the Padres have that they'd consider trading. I could only see them potentially trading four guys if they start off really, you know, really hot, they're like 20 and five and they're like, screw it. Let's go for the world series this year. And then they maybe give up a little bit of the farm system. I don't think that they have anybody that they're trading away though, with the exception of maybe Myers. But then again, I don't know really who wants Myers right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just talk about Myers real quick. He's been a guy <laughs> who's been, uh, you know, one of the highest let's, rated let's prospects, you know, before he broke into the majors, he was like, I think as high as like maybe number three in the prospect rankings. And, He's had some solid years. He's been all right, but he's definitely not lived up to the billing. So do you think he mm -hmm. could be a guy who finally puts it all together in the 60-game season? I mean, all of the kind of tidbits about him is that he's put the trade, like kind of rumors behind him. He's able to kind of just tune that out and just play. I mean, this year, if we had that universal DH thing, right, that's been the new like story, and it looks, sounds like baseball is heading that direction, that's probably where he'd be best suited. Um but he's got value in the sense that he can play a couple different positions, not necessarily well, but he can play a couple different positions. And it's not, he's not too far removed from 2016 where he was all right, you know, 
the 28 home run, 28 steal season. Uh, and then the, the following year after that, we had 30 home runs and 20 steals, which granted, I know that those are just kind of fantasy numbers, but I can see why teams might be attracted to that. Right. And you know, the defensive liability issues, it's just, I don't know, man, he, he's still, he's not old. I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to justify the Will Byers thing at this point. Um, it's hard for me to justify Eric Hosmer at this point too. That's kind of the difference I feel like between our two teams, by the way, is that when it comes to who has the worst like liability players, definitely the Padres with those two. Um, I don't know. I think that Myers is, I just don't see it. And I know I got excited by the spring training stats, but it would be a truly kind of out of nowhere, not out of nowhere, but it would be a very uh, foolish thing to do if they use the 60 game season to be like, Oh wow. Look, Myers broke out. We finally got him. It's like, no, this guy might just be one of those dudes that never really put it all together and just had that great rookie of the year season. Yeah. Okay. He was an all-star in 2016 for the pod. Yeah. I'm looking at he it was. now, but his numbers weren't even that phenomenal. I mean, he, he yeah. kind of put up Christian Walker numbers, honestly. He was basically <laughs> Christian Walker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just looking at like the raw stat line across the board. He basically put up Christian Walker numbers. Under- great fantasy player, but uh, like elite fantasy player, I might add. I mean, th- uh, come on, guys. 28-28, it was really good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and the following season, he was also a good fantasy player. Then he started getting hurt and all that. Um, I think the, the, the other issue with him was uh, a little bit of a split. I, I remember it was I, – I forgot if it was 2016 or 2017 uh, where he was great at the beginning. Like his, his uh, pre-All-Star break and post-All-Star break um, numbers weren't great. So I think that's a, a big concern with him. And the money that he's owed, it's not completely – it's not like – like, I could see the Padres eating some salary from it. It's not like a contract that nobody would take, um, like the Hosmer one. The Hosmer one's nobody's – nobody's taking that one. Like, I can't – he needs to do what he did this season when he was with the Royals before he left in order for anybody to even consider taking that contract, right? Um, I don't know, though. But, yeah, I'm not totally in on the – the Will Myers thing. I mean, he might be an interesting bench guy, but for what he's being paid, absolutely not. I don't see any way. But the Padres, if if he does well in a small sample size, like right now, like they're starting off good and teams are interested, I guarantee you the Padres will try to trade him the first second that they get. And maybe they should. And can you really trust a guy who spells Will with one L? I don't know. <laughs> I just saw that. I was like, what? <laughs> one L? Yeah, it's, it's one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, for years, I thought it was just W-I-L-L. I just thought it was two L's for a while. But I guess he's just one L. Whatever. It's kind of indicative of how I feel like we all feel about Will Byers. Just a weird, weird player who was so fun that first year and never put it together afterwards. Yeah, because back when he was, like, about to break into the big leagues, I thought it was justifiable for, like, the Red Sox to trade, like, John Lester for him. I'm now looking mm-hmm. back at that, seeing, you know, the, the kind of careers Lester's had since those trade rumors. Uh, that would have been an awful deal for the Red Sox. But, Javi, with uh, Machado and Todd Tease as your two cornerstones of the Padres, what kind of mm-hmm. success do you think those two will have within the next five to ten years? Can you see them making any deep postseason runs outside of a 60-game uh, shortened season pandemic? Can you see them going to the World Series uh, down the line? I mean, those two corner infielders, it's that, that combo is one of the best out there, right? I mean, the Dodgers, I know they have Seager and – whoever the heck plays third base for them. I'm forgetting right now. Uh, is it Muncie? Who the heck? The Dodgers have like all these players who play every position, by the way. It's infuriating. Um, <laughs> but I mean, with the exception of a couple teams, I, I mean, the Indians are up there with Lindor and Ramirez, but I mean, you know, 
not looking great for the Lindor prospects for Cleveland, who all of a sudden decided that they too aren't going to pay their players. Uh, they're just going to drop the best guy that they've arguably had on that team since, oh my gosh, like Sabathia, honestly, with the prospects. Like, honestly, like I think he's that's like the best guy that he, they've had since then, unless I'm forgetting someone. Jose Ramirez has been pretty good. Yeah, right. Jose Ramirez, who had a down year last year. But yeah. with the exception of that, like, I mean, Lindor probably. And there was some rumors of him being uh, attached to the Padres, which I think were very much just rumors. Um, don't get me wrong, love him. We'll figure out the position thing later. Tatis, if you have to start learning how to play outfield, Lador, same thing. Great, whatever. I mean, I like dealing with that after the fact, you know, when it comes to that. But still, um, I think I could see it. I think the whole thing is the Padres are a team that can definitely compete for the wild card now. But the the plan for the future definitely looks bright with their Patino, Campizano, CJ Abrams, Mackenzie Gore. I mean, they've got potential in the future. I mean, Mackenzie Gore is probably going to start the season, or I think. Yeah, they'll probably start the season. They'll do something, uh, depending on where they're at. It's it's definitely a team built for the future um, and doesn't have too much. I mean, man, it it would be so much more exciting if they didn't have this Myers and Hosmer situation with those deals, man. I mean, if they didn't have that, then it's like, oh, man, maybe they could get one more guy. You know, maybe they could do a Mookie Betts trade and then maybe sign him, right? I mean, they were attached to him for a while. People forget. It wasn't like that was the other team that was attached to Mookie Betts. It was the Padres for a while, actually. And it would have been perfect. You know, Grisham, um, Betts, and uh, Tommy Pham, like that's an elite outfield right there. And it would have solved the center field issue, like completely would have done away with it. Um, Machado, not a great first. I shouldn't say not a great first year. Not a $300 million uh, great yeah. first year you know what I mean not that great still pretty solid um, and I know he fell off a little bit towards the second half and kind of came back towards the end so he needs just some more consistency I could see it why not man I mean I could see anything in baseball these days that's it for this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcasting to everyone who tuned in today it's basketball today so even though I'm a baseball guy I'm tuning into the NBA so Hope everyone is doing the same, too. And let's go D-backs tonight. Let's go Suns, you know, tomorrow. Let's get it done, guys. Stay safe and stay healthy out there. Peace!